Hello out there, ladies. It's Rochelle with another episode of Unabashed You, where we as women get to talk about stuff. Unabashed You is women talking about stuff. It's a place where we can be uniquely ourselves without apology. We want to be wise, to know our worth, and to enjoy whimsy. Have you ever noticed how drawn to stories we are? There's something about listening to another's experience that inspires, emboldens, and or moves us to empathy, even action. Our guest today is Marianne. She has an abundance of experience and passion in coming alongside people to share their story. Not only does she love it, she also does it for a living. There's much we can learn from each other. We can opt to share, talk, and listen. Today's guest is Marianne. She is one of the kindest, most thoughtful people I know. She is an excellent listener and an avid advocate for people telling their stories, and even coaches others on the best way to do that. She knows there is power in story. How perfect to have her on the show. She was definitely on the list of women I wanted to have a conversation with. And Marianne is naturally a happy person. The glass is definitely more than half full in her eyes. Welcome, Marianne. Thank you, Rochelle. (laughs) Pleasure to be here. All right. We're going to get to know you a little bit. What three words would you use to describe yourself? I would say first is encourager. Mm. Uh, People use that about me, but I also, it's something I aspire to, to be encouraging to people. Uh, Trusting. Uh, I think it's that glass half full concept that you mentioned. I give trust and then if people take it away, then so be it. But I begin with trust. Um, and I love that. And then insightful, which might need to be a little bit described. Um, one of the things that people tell me I do really well, and I do feel it's, it's something I have been able to, um, use in my work and in conversations with others is to take a lot of information and distill it down to what is most essential. Mm. And there takes a little bit of insight to do that. Absolutely. And so I, I feel like that's something that's a little bit unique about myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and no doubt you've been gifted in that area. And then on top of that, you have experience in that area. So you've been able to really hone that in, in so many great ways. Uh, you know, I'll go ahead and say that we've, we've collaborated together on, uh, events that, uh, were the central theme was women telling parts of their stories. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you, you were the one because this is something you were so good at, at, uh, help coming alongside them and helping them kind of flesh out, uh, a particular chapter in their story. And we were very grateful and blessed to have you in that capacity. And that's how we got to know each other. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, it was a great experience. All right. If you could go back in time, what year would you go to and where would you go? I guess and why? That's a good question. Yeah, interesting. I would say, I'm going to say it's 2014 because... No, I'm sorry, 2013. It was just an incredible year for me and my family. Um, We just were firing on all cylinders, I guess you would say, (laughs) which is why I'd want to go because it was just such a blessing to have that year. Um, We that year uh, traveled. I had the opportunity to travel to six different countries for work, and it was just a blessing to be in those different areas and the work was rewarding. Um, so that was incredible. Uh, our daughter, uh, that year, uh, 
competed at the national level in her sport and got in the top 10. So that was just an incredible experience for her. And at the same time, she was doing really well in Girl Scouts and some other things that are just fun for uh, a young person her age um, at that time. And my husband got to go along on several of those business trips with me. And he thought that was just the coolest thing. Because uh, normally we you know, in business, you can't take your spouse, but in this particular situation, uh, I was able to, and it was just fun. So we just felt like we had a fun year in terms of accomplishment, things we did together, and um, just getting out there and experiencing the world. It was oh, fun. That is a good year. I could see why you'd want to go back there. We might as well tell our listeners what you do for a living so that uh, that helps to kind of tie together what we've been talking about already so far and what we're going to get into it more as we go on. Okay. Uh, well, the last 20 years, my focus has been on coaching individuals and groups on presenting their story. And it mostly has been in the corporate setting where I would work with companies such as Johnson and Johnson, um, LPL Financial, uh, Home and Garden TV, people that uh, the average person might know, and help them tell their stories better in terms of on the stage at a big convention or meeting or in very high stakes scenarios where they're presenting to key clients uh, or potential clients. And then I've also had the opportunity to take that marketplace skill and apply it to ministry settings, which was the situation in which I was able to take my husband because we, I was doing some work for Campus Crusade in Europe and we were, he was able to go along for that particular trip and it was mm. really great. Mm. Okay. So in the corporate world and then also in, in ministry, so mm -hmm. it really crosses over beautifully. All right, getting back to know you, Ooh. a celebrity crush, either when you were growing up or, uh. or current, <clears throat> current kind of depends, you know. <laughs> I think growing up, uh, Patrick Swayze. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he was handsome, he could dance well, he looked like he had a fun personality. And then even when I read things about his life, uh, personally, his wife always spoke really highly of him. And I thought, wow, he's, you know, he's the full package if your wife speaks so highly of you. And right. Yet you show up so well. And so that okay. was my little crush. All right. That was a good one. So you obviously like dirty dancing. Oh, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Marianne, something on your bucket list, still on there. On my bucket list. Um, it's been on for quite some time, and you're, uh, I actually alluded to this with you uh, another conversation, is I'd like to write a book. Mm. I'd like to write a book that reflects um, the work that I've been doing over the last 20 years in terms of helping people, people tell their story better. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's wonderful. It sounds like we're going to get into that a little bit more, but I love that that's, that's officially on your bucket list. It is officially there. Two truths and a lie. So you're going to say three things about yourself. One of them will not be true. I will have to guess which one is not true. All right. Well, I might have already let the cat out of the bag on this one. <laughs> um. I'm going to go with something that some of your other um, people have done, and that's a little bit of a theme. Okay, yeah, it, it does make it uh, easier in that way. So um, travel is something that is just a love and passion for me. So I have climbed the Great Wall of China. Wow. I have dined at Parliament in London. Ooh. And I have walked the Via de la Zorosa in <gasps> Israel. Wow. Wow. Okay, now when you say you climb the Great Wall of China, that I'm I'm picturing that you're, you know, like climbing up the side of it, but it's 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 a walkway, is it not? That that goes for miles and miles and miles, correct? That is correct. Okay. Okay, so we'll set that one aside. Had dinner at at Parliament? Mm-hmm. Okay, and then the third one was, remind me? Is walking the... Oh, uh, yeah, the Via de Rosa, Rosa in Okay, Israel. in Israel. Wow. I'm 
want to go, you know, I feel like the Parliament one is true. Uh, one of your many s stories and adventures, I feel like I could totally see that happening. And I just sort of feel like you've probably been to, to Israel so that you probably have done that. So by default, then I'm going <laughs> to Great Wall of China. So there you go. All right. Good thinking. Um, and I have done the Great Wall of China. And <laughs> anyone who's been on that path knows it is a climb. It's very steep. Okay. Even though it's a path, it's very oh. steep on both ends of it. Okay. So um, that helps me understand that better because I'm thinking of you on the side, you know, climbing up the rocks of the side yeah. of the wall as opposed to being in the walkway. Okay. But it's I don't a steep think they let climb. anybody do that. No, I wouldn't think so. Okay. So, it, but it's <laughs> steep nevertheless. Okay. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. And even though I have been to Israel, I did not, I was not allowed to go in the Via Dolorosa because I was there by myself visiting a local family. And that particular pathway is a Muslim community. And the people I was with are not, um, were not, did not consider that safe for them or for me to go into oh, okay. at, at the time I was there. Okay. Ooh. Okay. Well, that was smart. Very smart. Safety is, is key. Okay, so the dinner in Parliament, tell us. Oh, that was a real gift. That was a part of um, being on that trip for Campus Crusade. The Christian Embassy hosted a dinner with Parliament, and my husband and I were allowed to attend because we were a part of the group that was there to do some teaching during the day. Uh, and that was a kind of a reward that night was to be able to go with them and be in that setting. Wow. So that's yeah. very, that's a very special thing to have been able to do, obviously. I feel like it was because you have to be invited by an embassy to do it. Right. It's my understanding. All um, right. Wow. So Incredible. Really, You've had really some special. really amazing adventures. You really have. Now, as women, I believe we struggle with worth. How do you counteract some of the mixed messages we receive? Because they, they start right away when we're little girls, right? And then they yeah. continue on as we, you know, are teenagers and then on. You know, we're sort of almost encouraged to compare and mm -hmm. want to emulate others when we may not ever have that body type or whatever it is, uh, how do you counteract some of those mixed messages, you know, through the years? Because it starts young. Oh, yeah. And, and I will say, Rochelle, it's, it's been a struggle uh, because I'm a people pleaser. I, I want to conform. I want to do well. I want people to like me. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes I would not be myself in order to fit into that. Mm. And it took many years of recognizing that to, to be yourself, to be unique is actually quite nice. And yes. that people like that as well, if not more. Absolutely. And I started to find my own voice. And one of the things that helped me with that was the scripture for Hebrews, um, from Hebrews 12 that talks about run with perseverance, your own race, mm. kind of mm. using my own words in that right, but right. as a paraphrase of that particular uh, scripture is I very much like run your own race. Uh, and then it's okay to do that. And that there's a lot of benefit to doing that to not only yourself, but to others. Yes. And, and it's yours. It's not someone yeah. else's. It's yours. And you get to really own that in that, in that way. It's very, empowering. Yeah. So I encourage my daughter, uh, our daughter to, to think that way. And especially if she's now 17, right. um, you know, there's a lot of messages coming to her. And one of the things we really want to reinforce is to be herself and be right. independent, own your own voice and that your story can be different and be okay. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah and you do feel better when you're yourself. When you're not mm -hmm. trying to be somebody or something that you're not, it doesn't, it doesn't feel right, like inside. And then when you really are being true to who you are, you, you know it and you feel it. And it, it, there's just a, such a huge difference between the two. Mm -hmm. What's yeah. one of the wisest things anyone ever said to you? 
I, I think that, that, you know, through yeah. the years, people say all these things. And then just some of them, you just, I mean, a bunch of them, you probably, you know, capture. I know I do. But then what's mm-hmm. one that like right now comes to mind? Well, can I do a little caveat on that? Absolutely. This is a conversation. When, <laughs> when I've heard these come up before in some of your podcasts and thinking about it, you're right. There is several phrases that come to mind. But when I think about what's something that has crossed my path that I reflect on and go back to frequently or have gone back to over time is actually a little story that came out of, I want to say, the book, The, the Road Less Traveled by oh, Scott Neck. Uh-huh. And in that book, he told a story that, and and I'm going to tell it, it's just a very short story, but it really resonated with me and has over time. And that was, he, he talked about, there was a gentleman in Chicago about to get on the L train, which is their rapid transit there locally. And he gets on the train and he sits down, he's a, you know, kind of traditional businessman. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the next stop, a father and two kids gets on the train and the father sits down, you know, as normal and they start, the train takes off and the kids are running amok. They're hanging from the (laughs) rafters. They're running around and being noisy. And of course this businessman is getting very disgruntled and unhappy about it. And finally he looks at the father and says to him, sir, can you get your children under control? And the gentleman looks up and I, can't even say it without having tears. He said, gosh, Sprite's emotional. <laughs> but he said to, to the businessman, I am so sorry. We just came from the hospital. Their mother has died and we're on our way home. Uh, I just, and the, and the businessman uh, just went, oh my goodness, you know, okay. And, and they uh, both went their separate ways. But why that story has been a, a uh, glimpse of wisdom to me is because so often we judge people without really knowing their story, without knowing their, their what's going on in their life. And when I keep that in mind, it just gives me a lot more patience, grace for other people, recognizing that there's a lot that's going on, especially during this COVID time. My goodness, people are facing so many different things that we have no concept of. Right. You know, as they're home with their kids where they weren't before, or maybe they've got some work-related thing going on. You know, it's just there's a lot happening. And so I just love that story. To me, it's that ounce of wisdom that will always be with with me. I love that story. And while you were telling it, and as you were getting to, I'm, for lack of a better word, a punchline or the conclusion or the point of the whole story, the truth of it, I mean, I just had total goosebumps. So I could see why... In the retelling of it, you know, it would be that moving because it is absolutely correct that we do not know what the whole story or what people are going through. And um, that is, gosh, that has so much impact and power. It does. Because, you know, sometimes people's behaviors are can seem very strange or awkward and you're like, why are they doing that? Well, they might be doing that because there's some things going on that we are not even going to understand. Right. Ooh, I love that. Gosh, so good. So good. What is the last fun thing you did? Last fun thing. Okay. Um, I would say uh, during this COVID time, mm-hmm. you know, we really had this lockdown, but coming a little bit out of the total restriction, we were able to go outside and do more. Mm-hmm. So my husband, daughter, and our and we took our dog. We we went on a little excursion where we did the seven bridges of San Diego. Oh. I don't know if people realize that that exists, but there's these seven prominent uh, bridges that you can do this walk and we just pulled up a map and we it's about a six mile walk. Okay. And I have to say at some point my family was like, really mom, do I have to keep doing this? <laughs> but, um, but we kept going and I just thought it was a blast because it was time outdoors. It was time together and it had a little bit of a purpose to it. it oh, I fun. like that. I'll have to tell Ron. He'll love that. He'll be all over that. That's fantastic. Oh, what a good tip. And being outside, of course, that's mm-hmm. much better to be breathing the fresh air and in, in this 
you know, time when we're hunkering down in our homes and try not to do too much else. All right, it is time to take our deep dive into your topics and the things that we talked about that we were going to be talking about. And we've we've kind of started the intro to it in the sense that you have a passion and you have experience. And as you described yourself as an encourager in helping people tell their story, tell, tell us about that. Do you remember where it started or how it grew to be what it is today to the point where you are, you're actually going to write a book about that and you can speak into that some too. Yeah. You know, it's almost hard to find like, where did it really start? But I can share a little bit of a turning point where it really became prominent. And it was part, it was uh, back in 2008 at a time I, did we, had Chronicles started at that point, that event at our church? I think church 09 we was having? the first one. I think 09 was the first one. Okay. Um, in, in 08, I had the opportunity to assist a young college student with her graduation speech. She was going to be the valedictorian speaker. Mm-hmm. And in helping her, that became a real pivot point of wow, you know, some of the things I've learned in the business community and sharing information in a way that resonates with audiences, this young person could use that because she had an incredibly powerful story to share. Uh, What it took for her to be on that stage, to be able to, Mm. to be the valedictorian, to and she only had six minutes to give her talk. And she's like, wow, how do I even in six minutes tell 18,000 people something of relevance and importance? And just in working with her to help craft and hone in that story a little bit, and then the power of that story, when she mm. gave that testimonial at the graduation uh, in, in the way that she shaped it, there was over 200 people came up afterwards and said, wow, <gasps> that's my story. That's, wow, wow my, because she had a, part of her story was overcoming drugs and addiction and some Mm. things to get to that point. And it was just very powerfully done in her own authentic voice. Um, And it so touched that audience that I realized, wow, if, if people could learn how to take what has been very powerful in their own life so often, I'm going to say almost every time (laughs) it's going to help affect someone. Right. And One of the things that I truly believe in is that we all have a story someone needs to hear and they they need to hear it from you, meaning I have a story someone could benefit from hearing, but not everyone's going to benefit from hearing that. Right. Someone else might need to hear that student's story because of what she overcame, or they might need to hear some other person's story. And so... One of the things that this has brought to my mind is also that we each have a story of our life because we have a journey. We have ups Mm -hmm. and downs and we can speak to our ups or we can speak to our downs. See, some people tend to think that a a story of value has to have a a deep dive. You know, like I did mention, this young girl did have uh, a, a drug addiction she had to overcome, but not everyone has to be in that kind of scenario. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like I'm a little bit the girl next door, but I don't <laughs> come from that. I, but I have a personal story that shares about I didn't meet my husband till 42. We did not have our daughter till 45. And when I share with other women that, you know, you too can have hope because if you're 38 and you feel like, gosh, it's time has passed me by, maybe it hasn't. Right. Maybe it hasn't. And so my little story could be of encouragement because that's the experience I lived. Right. And my hope is that when each person begins to recognize that they do have a story of value and that that is a value to someone, then you allow God or however you want to name the universe to come alongside and help you to be connected to those people who most need to hear it. Right. In in that young woman's case, the people that needed to most hear that happened to be parents and relatives at a graduation. She then was able to speak some hope and inspiration into a group of people that needed to hear it at that point. Right. 
And she's also the first person in 30 years to get a standing ovation from that school. So she did it in a way that really spoke her truth, but it also resonated with others. So I just am a big believer that we all have that. And you don't have to be speaking in front of a large group either. That's another thing. The misnomer is, oh, I don't have this story that is of tragedy, and I also don't have a large audience. Well, some of the most powerful stories are the ones told by your best friend or by a neighbor or even by a stranger. I absolutely 100% agree with that. Absolutely. And that's part of why I love doing this is because I feel like each conversation I have could Mm -hmm. has the potential to touch a woman, if not more than one, and the beauty of that. Yes. Let me ask you something is okay. So were you already a professional presentation coach when you came alongside this gal? This young woman? Yes. yes. Okay, you already were. Okay, so you were already doing that professionally, but then something about this particular um, experience you had with her caused you to pivot a little bit into more of like the personal story. Is that kind of what you're saying? Yes. I feel like... um this girl's name was Jessie. So I felt like Jessie's story connection was, was how God got my heart mm-hmm. and helped me recognize that this could be not only fulfilling for myself, but this could be important work to be doing in this other arena, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And because of that, at that time, I, I started a little side business called Kingdom Presenters. Mm-hmm that I used to just help people tell their story better. So I helped create some curriculum. Um, The curriculum is based on love. And I feel like that when we tell our story with love, it resonates so well with others. Mm -hmm. And the love is an acronym to help represent, uh, listen to God first, because I'm mainly in the Christian community when I've been sharing this. And I do feel like if we have alignment with, God's will, uh, it, it so much more empowers our story. Mm-hmm. And the second is organized because when we organize our story, people can receive it better. Mm-hmm. Um, and then V is for value your audience. And what I mean by that is wrap your story around their story, mm-hmm. not just be your story um, because your story has power, but it's even more meaningful when it's wrapped around the listener story, be conscious of how do we bring the listener into the story. And then the E is for enjoy sharing confidently. And that looks at all the pieces of uh, overcoming nervousness, trusting that you have a story of value and, and stepping into that. And so when people use some of the concepts and ideas from that love acronym, they find they can pull together a story that's a lot more meaningful to both them. It's well, it's clear and it's meaningful. Mm -hmm. All right. So the book that you're working on, Mm -hmm. I'm assuming is based in all of this, correct? Yes. It's, it's taking that love acronym uh, and, and kind of fleshing it out with here's some ideas on how that can uh, play out and and really looking at what are some uh, concepts and, and tools that could be useful because I spend all my time doing this every day. It's pretty second nature. But for someone who, you know, is being asked or maybe wants to give a little scenario about themselves, they've been asked to either share something about themselves at an organization or uh, at a church setting or some other setting. Because right. uh, I, I just even also recently helped uh, two women who are in the corporate setting but we're for the first time going to actually share their personal story in the context of this particular event where normally it's very corporate speak, corporate topics, very business oriented, but they had a reason and a purpose to share their personal story. And I came alongside and helped them tell that story in a way that the audience could receive it. Cause it was a 600 people from around the world being brought in to hear 
the event's content, but the kickoff of the event was these two ladies and how the theme became alive in their own personal stories. And so I found it to cross over both ways that I can share some of these concepts and it works really well in the corporate setting, but it also has worked exceptionally well in a personal environment. You know, I'm just sitting here thinking this must be unbelievably rewarding. Oh, it is. <laughs> I, you know, to, to take people who maybe, you know, I mean, you're, you're obviously not really working with actors or, or performers no. or people who aren't, you know, a little more skilled or, or natural at, at per- performing or being in front of an audience. You're taking people who really aren't experienced necessarily or maybe very good at naturally conveying whatever to an audience and then you come alongside them and you know collaborating with them and then coming up with this and thing that really is theirs but you've been their guide their coach their mentor their encourager their cheerleader and how I just I just can imagine that is so fulfilling it's exceptionally fulfilling. It's it's very rewarding to be able to help them because in the end, it's their story. So one of the things I'm not a script writer or a, a right. speech writer, what I share with them is here's some things to consider to help that story resonate better, to be clearer, because you know when it's your own stuff, it's messy. <laughs> I mean, I need a coach sometimes because when it's my own stuff, it's <laughs> it's hard to get past myself. And so I just give them permission to kind of do the dump of information and then we organize it and and help it become aligned with both who they are, but in a way that people can hear it. And, and that's the part we, we navigate a little bit to, to get to. Um, But it's definitely rewarding because when people hear something that comes from an authentic voice or authentic heart might be another way to say that, uh, it resonates. And again, though, it has to be the right person with the right audience. So, you know, you can be an eloquent speaker, but if you are in front of an audience that's misaligned with that message, then it, it may not have the impact you think. Right. I but see I'm that. also a big believer that of the, the quote, um, audience of one, which means if I can only please God, I will do okay. He will work through the rest of what shows up in a way that's very powerful. Mm-hmm. So sometimes even when we mess up when we speak, it could be used for good. Yeah. And there's, I remind people of that. There's confidence in that. Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. Now, okay, so you, you set these two women you know, off. You, you, you help them. Now, do you, I mean, obviously you see and hear the sort of the, the final result or, or product there talk, but you're probably rarely in the audience for like the talk. You are correct. I'm seldom in the audience. Okay. So I, I kind of missed that. Yeah. I, well, that was my, was going to be my question. How does that feel? You know, that last little bit, I'm sure they come back to you and say, oh, it went well, and I'm so pleased and what, whatever. But just that piece of, that, of you know, you're not really, you don't really get to be in the audience because that's not how this is set up. Yeah, I, I miss that. Uh, but I, it's a reality of the way that I work. I'm also under non-disclosure. I typically cannot tell who I'm working with because, you know, a lot of executives get coaching and people don't know they do and nor do they want them to. So, um, which is fine. And that's, but what I love is my clients are really good about coming back and sharing wh- how, what the result was. Well, you know, and I, and I reaching out or I'll reach out after and find right. out, uh, as well as the company. I do a lot of my work for in the corporate setting. Right. Um, I do work for a company and that company is fabulous and great to work for. And they always let me know how things go. Good. Well, and the fact that you got them to that point or they got themselves with your help to that point, you kind of, you have a, a it's more than a peek into the final the final oh, talk. I mean, you absolutely know what the final talk is. It's just, you know, 
you know, how exactly it got delivered, but you know, that's one of those things, you know, you, you like the, you know, the mama bird setting the little bird free, you know, I've, I've taught you everything mm-hmm. I know. Now you have to go do it. Yes. And I also share with them, trust the fact that if something feels like you really need to change it in the moment, change it. I mean, mm-hmm. trust that there's, you know, cause there might be things they see in the environment or something they feel strongly about if they, you know, have prayed about it or sought someone's counsel on it. Um, I think being flexible is important. Yes. If we're too rigid, then you're back to more scripted. Right. Yes, exactly. And that's not necessarily a good thing either. Right. And you don't want it to feel like they've just memorized the whole thing because somehow that doesn't come off as authentic. Yeah. So we usually get it down to just a couple speaking points so they can, um, as long as they know the flow of the narrative they'll typically function better in terms of staying within the time frame and accentuating things they wanted to accentuate during the talk and that kind of thing. Right. Very rewarding. Uh, just such a fantastic line of work. Wow. Yeah. Incredible. All right. Let's talk about your third act, your third act. We, third I, I, love, is, that ex- um, I love that expression. I, it's for those of us who've, you know, maybe had a couple other careers or, or we're close to being empty nesters if we're not already. And it's like, okay, well, now what? And it's, it should be an exciting now what? Not a, oh, no, now what? No, it's like, oh, great. Now what? You know, let's, well, what's the, what's the next thing? What, what's, yeah. it gonna, what's it going to be for you? Well, I think um, I want to do more of the same, but just a little bit different. Okay. Explain and... what that means. Um, so my husband retired two years ago and I feel like, and our daughter's about to go off to college and I feel like it's that time to kind of step back and evaluate and look at what life ahead could hold in that third act. You know, my first act was the twenties. You're trying to figure out what career line you even want to be in. And I tried like 10 and then I (laughs) got into my mid thirties and found that this whole teaching, uh, communication and leadership was uh, really resonated for me and was a passion and it tapped into my talents well. So that was my second act. And then now that I'm entering my 60s and have this opportunity to take life and and do it maybe a little bit differently, Mm -hmm. I want to uh, go more fully into coaching people on their stories, Mm -hmm. let go a little bit of that corporate side work. I mean, I do a lot in science and technology and uh, wonderful stories to be told there, but I'm I'm kind of ready to let go of the more technology-based talks and go more toward the personal-based talks mm-hmm. and help people with those stories. Um, and so I see kind of pulling back a little bit the uh, time frame in which I spend in the corporate side and evolving into more of a full-time, maybe not even full-time, but um, putting my time that I work into the story-based concepts and and work. Um, And I'm not sure fully what that's going to look like yet. I'm really uh, investigating that right now, but Mm -hmm. excited to enter a time where uh, that can be the focus. Right. Well, you mentioned shifting into passion, which I thought was such a beautiful way to phrase it. Yeah. I mean, I love the work I do on the corporate side. And again, I work for an incredible company that's treated me exceptionally well and has they have a re- great reputation. Uh, and I've been 20 years there. So I feel like it's right. an opportunity to now pivot a little bit right. and go into a more focused effort on uh, ministry and story side of things. Right. Beautiful. Question about your book. So in your, I'm just trying to, you know, picture just how effective and impactful this book will be. Is it going to be woven like story examples? Like will people, you know, let you release, you know, their story? Um, So that, that will be part of, that will be part of it. I'm just kind of, you know, picturing this, how, how, how this could be, or is it more of a how to, I mean, obviously it's going to have that part of it. Sure. How to, and then here are some, you know, ideas of what this could look like kind of a thing. I'm just curious. Yeah. Um, Well, it's still a little bit evolving, but I 
foresee that working with examples is one of the ways that I believe many of us learn best. And so being able to share through the stories of people I've worked with, and I'll, of course, need to gain their permission if I haven't already. Some people have already given me permission uh, or change the situation to where the learning principle comes through, even though maybe not exactly the story is the same, right. because I need to um, make sure that person's identity is not shown. Right, right, right. But I believe that b- many people have given me their you know, like, yeah, go ahead, use my story. And I might use parts of their story because I'm illuminating a particular um, concept to be applied. And so if I'm doing that, I may only share a a version of that uh, learning experience. Well, I think that that is going to make it just that much more powerful Mm -hmm. and impactful because you did share with me um, Jesse's, uh, story, sort of the process, and then the final mm-hmm. product, and I was just, oh, so unbelievably blown away. I mean, I've never laid eyes on this young lady, and I was not in the audience to hear her say it firsthand, but just, you know, just reading the words on the page, it was, uh, I, I really can't even find the right words. I'm going back to the same ones, impactful, powerful, moving, and inspiring encouraging uh, so much hope for her in her life moving forward it was it was exciting too in that way it's like oh my goodness you you know you've been able to overcome so much you've got so much more to give to contribute to share and how excited I am for you and I don't even know who you are (laughs) well something that you're you're alluding to there is her one of the gifts of really allowing yourself to be vulnerable and tell your story. Her story was everybody's story. Her mm-hmm. story was so aligned with what so many people go through and think about, even if it's not the, the drug part, because there was actually a lot more to her story than that piece. Okay. And the just the element of being human and what we have to go through and what's on the other side of that, if we're willing to go through it, mm. is what gives hope and inspiration and mm. points people to opportunities and possibilities. And right. I think that's what her story did. Is And we do try to get to the essence of what is the story enabling? Right. What is the power of that story? And so that's the gift of when I get involved is I can help them kind of step out of it and take a look at it. Mm. An example of that, and this is someone who's given me permission to share her story as well, is I had worked with someone years ago who has had a life that was tremendously um, complex and had a lot of uh, downside to it, a lot of things that had happened in her life. And it would normally take her about 45 minutes to share her testimony or share her story. Oh, my God. And she came to me, she said, you know, the challenge is I usually only have, you know, five or 10 minutes with people. What do I do here? And so it was looking at stepping back and recognizing that providing every detail isn't always the best way to tell the story. Now, there's a, a time and a place where that was absolutely the right thing to do. But because she was a, a teaching director at a particular organization and needing to tell her story pretty frequently as part of her role she wanted to get it down to seven minutes and Mm -hmm. we did and what we did Mm -hmm. is we just focused on what do you want them most to know or take away from the drama that you went through Mm. and at the end she said wow I recognize that I'm not I don't want to point them to the drama in my life I want to point them to the savior in my life Mm -hmm. I want to point them to how I overcame that Right. You know, horrendous background to get to this point. Right. And so that takes a little bit of what I call stewardship of your own story. Mm-hmm. Meaning that we we take a little time, we say, hey, I've got a story here. And sometimes I help people just kind of figure out what that might be. But it's the, I've got a story here. How do I prepare myself to be ready to share it should the opportunity present itself? Right. So you're not just going out and dumping, you know, a bunch of details on people, but it's the idea that you have a heart to make a difference. You have a heart to share something that's been important or pivotal in your life. Um, 
that points to something usually very positive. And so how might you uh, steward that? How might you take a look at it in a way that you can frame it so it's more easily told? Well, and I can imagine seven minutes versus 45. I mean, you know, being able to condense it and get it down to, uh, you know, the most powerful points possible. Again, we're back to those words, impact. I mean... I mean, that's, you know, that impact that that is going to have. I mean, I'm, I'm, I can get kind of a little restless if if people are talking on a little too long Mm -hmm. and telling a story and it's, you know, 45 minutes. I mean, if they are not, I I don't know, fill in the blank. I don't even know who that would be. Then it's, I, I mean, you can't help but start tuning out and distraction and what do I have to get at the store and you know, whatever else, but wow, getting it down to seven minutes, you know, that, that, that actually is an art. Mm-hmm. You are an artist being able to col- help the people collect their points, their, uh, you know, their experiences, and then helping them weave all that together in a way that will touch someone for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just, you know, there, there will be that time and place when you've got more um, opportunity to, to share the fuller right. uh, story. But in our, you know, in this day and age, people are so used to shorter <laughs> versus longer, and we've kind of gotten conditioned to that. So it is a little challenging for people to stay engaged, especially if you haven't wrapped your story around them. Right. You haven't asked them questions. You're just sharing information and it'll start to feel like information versus um, a powerful message if it's too diluted. Right. And so, you know, we don't want to swing the pendulum too far the other way in terms of being so brief, they don't get what we're saying, but there is a happy medium I think can be reached and it can be reached for under 10 minutes. Oh, fabulous. I, I can't wait for your book. Oh, thanks. I can't wait. I can't <laughs> wait. You'll have to come back on when the book is out. We're going to uh, wrap, no, well, not wrap up our, but our last topic is going to be this year for you. 2020, for a lot of people, has not been the best year. And you are calling it the year of the four C's. So tell us about that. All right. Well, like you said, I think we're all facing unprecedented times and it's, quite unusual. And so the, the four C's for me, the first one I think is the one everyone's facing, and that's COVID-19. Mm-hmm. And when that hit in the earlier part of the year, I think it put us all in a place of reflecting on, wow, you know, one thing can change the entire way we operate our lives and our sense of security, our sense of safety, all of that. Mm-hmm. And with that came, you know, a change in the workload and the way we do work. And interestingly enough, in my field with the company I work for, because they were so um, smart to pivot and understand what was helpful, that our workload actually almost tripled. Because now... What? Oh, my well, gosh. Zoom went from oh, one point, somewhere around an estimate of 1.5 million users a month to like 20,000, 20 million users a month. So, I mean, Uh, it just increases Zoom, increases a a ton. And so we were teaching how to present over Zoom and uh, that just took off. And so it was really quite a nice silver lining to that shift for the uh, work environment. But it, it did definitely, you know, put me in a place of, wow, how quick change can, life can change. Mm-hmm. Which, which then the second C happened this summer where I was diagnosed with breast cancer. Mm. And Sorry. from the minute that happened, there was a real quick response. First and foremost, and I want our listeners to understand and hear this, is I had stage one diagnosed early enough Mm. that it meant it was totally curable. But it also meant there was a process I had to go through and I had to immediately shift my priorities to my health. Yes. And I have to say, as a woman who's always on the go and with a family, I typically put myself not in, I don't pay as much attention (laughs) to my health as I could. Um, But I have 
really understanding, uh, you know, company that I work with. And right away, they're like, go do what you need to do. And I have to say, within weeks, I was in surgery. And then within weeks of that, I was in treatments. And as you know, I'm currently in week two of six weeks of radiation. So mm-hmm. things are looking good. But it also put me in that place of, wow, not only can our whole environment change with one pandemic, but my whole life can change with this one phone call of health and what that means and um, how that changes what we do on a daily basis. And, And then the third thing we've alluded to a little bit is college. Our daughter is off to college this next year, and this whole month has been college application month. And it's what's been kind of Fun and interesting there is one of the things that colleges now need to do, you have to do for many colleges, not all of them, is to write a a personal statement essay. Mm. And just going through it with my daughter on that, and she wanted to tell a story of being more than an an athlete. And so just walking through with her and helping her with that, because she's known for being an athlete, but she's not known for all the other qualities that she has in her life that really make her who she is which is this wonderful, kind, independent, responsible person. And she wanted to reflect that. And so it was so fun to just go through that process with her. And we, of course, had like seven different drafts. Everyone thinks it's like a one and done draft. (laughs) Even when your mom does this for a living. But let me ask you, parents, how many of your kids actually listen to you? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) She would rather hear from someone else than me. Well, I'm amazed that you were even able to collaborate on this and that it wasn't the clash of the titans or something. Well, I mean, she's, yeah. That's a gift. Work out well. (laughs) In the end, it's okay. (laughs) She's great. She's great. Uh, And then the last C is calling. And that is when I think about, you know, the pandemic and cancer and now about to be an empty nester, my husband and I, I recognize life's going to look super different 2021. And Mm -hmm. it has me thinking about what I want to do more with purpose and focus. And that's where I want to step into that calling that I feel God's put on my heart to help people tell their stories. Mm -hmm. And so kind of coming full circle um, back to, to that. And I think the book is a piece of what could be helpful in that. Cause I want people to have a easy to access low cost tool that could help them kind of think through a little bit about their own story and the power of that story to help others and make an impact, um, and inspire. Okay. So, so the book is a great beginning because it's going to be so accessible to the, you know, many people, do you envision, you know, uh, like, should we ever get back to live workshops and, and that sort of things or even virtual workshops? I mean, do you have other things that you're thinking of or you're just waiting to see, you know, kind of how God leads once once you've got the book? I, I think it's a both and. I mean, because I've done workshops for my whole life, it seems. Those are easy and would be lovely to con- continue doing. Uh, whether they be live or via Zoom, uh, the future will only tell. Right. True. I'm sure I'll be good to do both. Um, probably these next, as you know, three months, because I'm still finishing out cancer treatments, will be consumed with that. Right. And then the spring is when I hope to really be able to put some focus on this topic and, and pull it into fruition with God's guidance. Right. And by then you'll know where your daughter will like, you know, likely be going to college by that point. Ooh. There'll be more of a plan in place in your home. I'm hoping. <laughs> now, are you and your husband, uh, is it bittersweet or is it like, well, we're excited. I mean, cause you have one and that, I don't, know, I don't know if that amplifies all the feelings or not. So do you feel you know, like excited. Obviously, I know you well enough to know you're excited for her. That's a given, I feel. Yeah. But what, but are you and your husband like, gosh, it's going to be us time and again. And, you know, or, or are you going to weep and gnash your teeth and wail and tear your sackcloth and, and now, you know, be <laughs> like, are you going to be taken to your bed for, for days of, with tears and Kleenex and all that, or are you going to be okay? If you ask my daughter, she would say, yes, that's what I'll be like. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
And and I, uh, you know, I will miss her terribly if she does go away from home too far. Um, but she's she's great in terms of uh, she loves being around us and she's not you know rebelling and running. She's excited to embrace a future that will be putting her on a path to do what she would become passionate about. Right. And she's still exploring what that is. But I also see it as a time for my husband and I to get to do fun stuff together and reconnect and, and yeah. really be focused on nurturing our relationship, which we have a great relationship, and get out and do some things together. Because I feel like we've kind of all had these three, you know, three lives that have been somewhat <laughs> separate this last year due to different things in our priorities right. in our life. Right. But it will be nice to have that come back together. Oh. Yeah. No, it will be a sweet time. It'll be a good time. Yeah. All right. Any last thoughts before we sign off? Um, I one one thought came to mind is um, in this last couple of weeks. You know how you sometimes have things that kind of keep showing up consistently, and you're like, okay, I think I'm getting the message. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, in the last week or two, I've had several like five or six different things come up where the the reference to be strong and courageous. Mm. There's a scripture, be strong and courageous. It's in a number of places in the Bible. Second Chronicles is one of them, uh, Joshua. But one of the ones that really resonated with me recently was be strong and courageous and do the work. Mm. And so it's not only be bold, but to remember we have to do the work too. It's and deal. it's just something that I am kind of entertaining in my mind what does that look like and as I look at this new season of life and I want to encourage the listeners that be strong and courageous with your story mm -hmm. but also know you have to do a little work to get it where you want it to be easily expressed beautiful so well said and we're going to be sure and put uh, some of your contact info in the episode notes so that people can reach okay. out to you directly if they'd like to thank you Marianne this has been just such a pleasure and a delight and I feel like I've I've gotten to know you even better through this and I I love meeting and conversing with women who have passion about whatever it is that they're up to it's mm -hmm. there's something so contagious and exciting about that I absolutely um am thrilled and it just I'm just feel so pleased and um, just invigorated by this conversation. So I, I can't wait to see how your third act unfolds. And um, I'm eager to, to, you know, start working on this conversation so that I can have it ready and, and out next Tuesday. Super. Thank you. It's been a pleasure to be on and I want to wish your listeners well and please go tell your stories. Yes. Amen. All right, Marianne. Talk to you later. All right. Thanks. All right, bye. So what are the takeaways from this conversation? If you have the opportunity, tell your story. Do it in an authentic way. Be you. Use Marianne's four-step L-O-V-E process. You're not responsible for how it's received or what someone might learn. Yet I believe this, as Marianne said, we all have a story someone needs to hear. Now, I'm a novice when it comes to all this tech stuff. I, I knew I had to learn how if I was going to honor the vision given to me to move forward. I'm still in process. Early on, the website had a place to add your name for more information. The problem? I have no idea how to access it, so I replaced it with a picture. I'm going to reach out to Squarespace and see if they will help me find those original 11 people that signed up. If you're one of them, thanks for being patient while I learn as I go. And reach out so I can make things right. Next, I want to give a shout out to the women listening here in the United States, in California, Minnesota, Utah, Texas, Virginia, Florida, Louisiana, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Washington, Oregon, Michigan, North Carolina, Connecticut, Ohio, Wisconsin, Delaware, D.C., Idaho, Arizona, Nevada, Kansas, and Alaska. I did not even know how to see these until I clicked a little button sharing these analytics with me. 
Like I said, not great with the tech stuff. I am humbled to say the least and deeply grateful to the point of tears. You have moved me to embrace my ambition to bring you authentic, transparent, and vulnerable conversation. I do this for you. Each and every one of you. And if you feel like being a guest, let me know. We'll make it happen. Or if you have questions, feedback, feel free to reach out. The email is unabashedyou at gmail.com. The website has a blog portion along with text, photos, and quotes for each episode. You can check that out at unabashedyou.com. Social media, check unabashedyou and or Rochelle Renee. There are links on the website to help you connect. I love engaging in comments on social media posts, you know, like a conversation, which I love. Lastly, you can find us on Apple Podcasts. We invite you to rate and review so that we can be more discoverable. Let's go to some more states and some more countries. I want you each to feel fully yourself. And now our blessing. Go forth and do not hide your scars, your stretch marks, your laugh lines, your calloused hands. They are your life story. Telling of struggles won and lost, challenges faced, losses overcome, life grown and birthed and nurtured, hard work accomplished, stars reached for, hopes dashed, dreams realized, rock bottoms and mountaintops. They tell the story of your one amazing, awful, beautiful life written in the curves and lines of extraordinary, miraculous, beloved you. Amen. And that was written by L.R. Nost. Go share your story. Be unabashed. Be you.